0: My name is Father Mike Delaney and I'm the parish priest of the Kingston Channel Catholic Parish in the Archdiocese of Hobart. This is my homily for the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Welcome to week two of the message series, Preparing for Ministry. Over the four weeks of this series we'll be walking with the disciples as they spend time with Jesus, who's challenging them to move from their position as listeners becoming fully involved in the mission of spreading the good news and to answer the question what will this cost last week we saw that being a prophet or a disciple has to cost us something we saw Elisha before he was anointed as prophet to follow Elijah wanting to go home and say farewell to his parents then in the gospel we heard people who came wanting to follow Jesus, saying something similar. They had to go home to bury the dead, or say goodbye to family, or who were called to live life without any real guarantees. Elisha did follow Elijah, but we don't know about the people mentioned in the Gospel. What did they choose? Did they follow Jesus or not? Last week I mentioned that in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, The theologian, Father Gerhard Löfink, commented that there is no New Testament noun for followers of Jesus. The word disciple means, simply, a student. The verb follow, however, occurs 80 times in the New Testament, but it's never rendered as a noun. There's no dogma, rule or right that makes one a follower, because following is not a status, but an activity. And that leads us to one of the greatest challenges that face us in the world today as Christians. We're being challenged to recognise that the call to be a missionary disciple is not just meant for a certain group of people like priests or religious. It's meet, meant for each and every baptised daughter or son of God. And it's not just the leaving of family and security behind. It is a challenge that when we follow Jesus, and go out to proclaim his message, it's a better than good chance that the message is not going to be accepted by those who hear it. In our reading from the Gospel of Luke today, we hear how Jesus is sending out others to go and prepare the towns and places he himself was to visit. And he gives them a good reason for why he is sending them out. He says it's because the harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers to his harvest. It could almost be that Jesus is speaking to us today as we face living in a church with fewer priests and religious and sometimes a diminishing number of parishioners. Yet we know that the Lord has a mission for us. Last Wednesday we celebrated the Feast of the Apostles Peter and Paul and the Gospel of Matthew told Peter that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of the underworld can never hold out against us. So our mission, even with its various challenges, will succeed because it's God's plan that His mercy and love will overcome all evil and that eventually even the gates of hell will be overpowered. But and isn't there always a but? We can't just go off and do what we want. We need to listen to what God is calling us to do and to walk in his ways. So after telling the 72 that they were being sent out, Jesus then goes on to give them detailed instructions about how they are to behave, what they are to take, and what they are say to say to people along the way. Listen again to what he tells them. Carry no purse, no haversack, no sandals. Salute no one on the road. Whatever house you go go into, let your first words be, Peace to this house. And if a man of peace lives there, your peace will go and rest on him. If not, it will come back to you. Stay in the same house taking what food and drink they have to offer. For the laborer deserves his wages. Do not move from house to house. So as the 72 go out, they're told to rely totally on the generosity of others. This is because while they are going into a world that is hostile to the Word of God, it is much the same as we experience in our world today. God is going to be with them. In the days of Jesus, The challenge was because he was preaching about a God who was calling people to a change of heart. He was also experiencing opposition because he was speaking about God as his father. Today there are numerous reasons for the hostility against the word of God. Some of it has to do with clergy abuse. Some because women and others are not always welcomed and valued. Some because of health fears post-COVID and some simply because they no longer see any relevance or need to have a faith commitment in today's world. But whatever the reasons, the words of Jesus which commenced our reading today are just as relevant because they're words of hope. The harvest is rich, but the labourers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send labourers to his harvest. Jesus is inviting us to pray that God will bring life to the world. But this, and there, obviously there is another but, we need to see the laborers not in the traditional sense as priests or religious. We are reminded that we are all the workers called to bring in the harvest. In his letter to the Galatians, this is what Paul writes the only thing I can boast about is the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through whom the world is crucified to me and I to the world. It doesn't matter if a person is circumcised or not what matters is for him to become an altogether new creation. And Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule who form the Israel of God. So we're being reminded by Paul that being a missionary disciple today means that we truly are the face of Christ to the world. It is each one of us who is now called to become, as Paul said, an altogether new creature. Someone who says to the world that Jesus really is the answer, no matter the question. How we do that will depend greatly on our gifts and talents. Not everyone is a Peter, Paul or Mother Teresa. We're all different. But what God asks of us is to be genuine and faith-filled in all we do and say. As I mentioned last week when talking about a vision statement, it's all about knowing what it is we are called to be as we live out our vocation. For me, it's being able to address the challenge of moving from maintenance to mission. Not just caring about what we have at present, our people, our buildings, etc. It's moving towards making disciples so that our efforts bear fruits, seen by how people's lives are changed as they come to know Jesus. The message the 72 were given as they went out was, cure those in it who were sick and say, the kingdom of God is very near to you. They came back rejoicing and were overcome by how the power of God worked in their ministry. Lord, they said, even the devils submit to us when we use your name. But even as they rejoiced about the results of these these efforts, Jesus reminds them that what they're doing is for a greater good. He tells them, Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven. Yes, we are called to be missionary disciples, and there are benefits for what we do as in the results that we get here on earth. But ultimately, the greater glory is that we have done what we have been called to do. We have loved God, we have loved others, and we have tried to make disciples as we preach the good news to all.